Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. If you want more influence with your kids, connection with your wife, and purpose in your life, then you are in the right place. We share conversations with the world's greatest, as well as lessons from the Bible and my own personal experiences. I'm Brendan Wall, and I'm your host. I am married with four kids. I am not the guy with all the answers, but I am in search of them. I want to personally thank you for being here. It's an honor to have you. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to the show. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. And most of all, thank you for showing up with the intention of being a better man, better husband, and better dad today. So what we have today is a full-length interview with my good buddy, Adrian Del Monte. We talk about a lot of really good stuff in this one. And this, this, the conversation here today just really flowed supernaturally. Adrian is a stud. We covered a lot of good stuff, like why dads need to wake up before their family, how to start each day with an act of service for your family, creating family values, imposter syndrome for dads, and how to work through that, and having a vision for your life, having a vision for your family, and why we absolutely have to have that as men, as leaders of our families. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Adrian before we roll the tape here. But first, I do have an ask. If you are enjoying the show, if you're enjoying what we're up to, and you want to support us here at Dad the Man, the best way to do that is to, one, leave us a rating and review, and then to subscribe to the show. I mean, these things are they are free. They're simple. You could do them all in less than a minute. If you've already done it, thank you. High five. Can't thank you enough, seriously. Um, if not, please consider doing so. It means the world to me. Like I said, it allows us to reach more people, serve more men, and make a bigger impact. So I just want to thank you so much for your support. So today, full-length conversation with my dude, Adrian Del Monte. Adrian is the founder of the men's coaching program called Men of Bedrock. Now, there are a lot of different programs out there that you could find on the internet, Coaching Men. This one is legit. Adrian is such a good dude, down to earth, salt of the earth guy. I I'm just such a big fan of his. His program, Men of Bedrock, from what I've seen of it, what they stand for, who they are, it's legit. I highly recommend that you guys check it out. If you are looking for um, a, a, a band of brothers to, to join with and a coaching program, a couple guys to really learn from, uh, Men of Bedrock is a great place to start. Adrian is a, he's a husband, he's a dad, he's also a school teacher, and he's been a big supporter of me and this show over the last year or two. I, I connected with him on Instagram early on when we started, and uh, man, he's just been a great supporter of us ever since. He's someone that I've learned a lot from, both directly um, in, in our conversations, like this one today. I had the opportunity to go on his podcast, and then also just following, on, following him on Instagram. He, he has some really great content. And you know, he's a guy that I have a ton of respect for because there's, it's so easy to talk the talk, but he legitimately walks the walk. And he sets a great example for the rest of us to follow. And he shows it all on his Instagram. You can find him at Men of Bedrock. Um, he's a great follow. Absolutely check him out. He's also a man of faith, and he does not shy away from that. And I love that about him. He's, he's not shy about it. Now, I think I've made my point clear that I think very highly of my buddy, Adrian, and I'm honored to have him here on the show to share this conversation, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you all. I hope you benefit from it as much as I did. This is one that, you know, listening back, taking notes, 
um, to, to publish this episode. I, I was legitimately taking notes and, and I learned so much just listening back on it. Adrian, like I said, he's a stud. I think you guys are going to enjoy hearing from him today. But without further ado, here's my conversation with the Adrian Del Monte. All right, everybody, we are back again. Got a conversation that I'm very excited to have and to share with you guys. So we've got Adrian Del Monte with us here today. Adrian's been a consistent supporter of me and the Dad the Man podcast going back here. He reached out on social media when we were really getting going, and it's just been a a life for me and and a consistent supporter of us. I can't thank him enough for that. I had the opportunity to go on his podcast not too long ago. We had a really great conversation and now I get to have him on here and just to set the stage for everybody. It's 5.30 in the morning, uh, end of the week. And uh, we're sitting here enjoying our first cup of coffee of the day together. Which, and there's something special about that. But brother, I really appreciate you making the time to come on, especially so early in the morning. You know what, Brendan, thank you for having me. It is uh, such an honor. It's... um. We were saying before we started rolling, when else are we going to do it, right? As dads, <laughs> like, what are you going to tell your wife at the end of the day? Hey, I'm going to also do a podcast for an hour. This is just what dad life looks like. You yeah. do these things outside your regular responsibilities as a father. So thank you again for having me. Yeah, it's a tough sell to say, hey, you know, I know it's Friday. I yeah. know you'd, you'd like to <laughs> hang out, maybe have a glass of wine, maybe go to the show. I know you guys are going to Hamilton tonight. Um, but you know, I've got a podcast I want to do, so yeah. it's probably just going to throw a wrench of the whole night, you know, well, I mean, to set the tone, this is sort of the number one thing we preach with our guys, like wake up early and prepare the house for the family. Like it always sounds boastful, but if you don't boast it, people don't get a good example. And so this morning you know, I was up about four fifteen, had to get the dishes done. Dishwasher empty. Today's garbage day at my place. So the garbages are out. My wife comes down to a clean home. I, I don't think that's anything exceptional either, right, Brendan? It's just like, I think that's standard issue, like for men. And then I'll hit the gym this morning. So by the time my family is ready to come into the world, I like I like how our mutual friend Kyle says it. You're well, you're ready to welcome them into the world. And, and mornings is when dads have to take, have to do a lot of things because then the rest of the day starts. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the only time of the day that, you know nobody else is going to need you. And I put a, I put a little asterisk by that because I got newborn. Sometimes they need me around that, you know, early in the morning. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, man, it's the only time where you know, like, I can get some stuff done. And I got to give you credit because you went ahead and mentioned the getting up early and doing the dishes, doing some chores, whatever it may be, preparing yourself, preparing the home for for your family to to be up. Man, you've inspired the heck out of me. And I've actually taken some action on that. Like, I, go. I got to say, because <laughs> I love and I want you to tell us about Men of Bedrock and, and kind of introduce yourself a little bit and and uh, and what you guys are up to. But what I love about your approach and the Men of Bedrock approach is, you know, on social media, when you look around, there's a lot of people chirping, telling people what to do. Right. It's just like, hey, here, do this, do this, do this, do this. But I love the way that you have taken the approach of just showing people. You're more of like, hey, I'm doing these things. I'd love for you to follow along and learn from what I'm doing. And then I know you guys are going, you know, much deeper on, you know, within the program. But just on on social media, um, you're leading people more than maybe you think. So I want to give you that that nod, give you the credit. Thanks, man. Uh, I've, I've definitely had some early morning uh, dish flips here recently. Uh, and I've got you in the back of my mind. I'm like, yeah. All right, I can do this too. Uh, but if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about Men of Bedrock. Introduce yourself. Like, you know, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Um, 
dang you know we were saying before we started rolling we were both working on our ums so I, i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna be cognizant of my ums um i'm a 40 turned 40 this year and that that to me has been not a midlife crisis it's actually been for me the greatest sort of self-talk that i've done for myself because you know as i'm we've started an online business i've doubted myself like who am i i'm in great shape but i'm not ripped um there it is again and uh I, my 40 year old self has been able to like give me a lot of self-confidence and i keep saying to myself i'm 40 i'm 40 i have something to offer i'm 40 i've got 15 years of marriage i've got 16 years of teaching experience i've got 25 years of being an athlete and so for me, coming into my 40s has been like, you know what, this is a chance for me to give back a little bit. And the way my life sort of works right now is I'm a full-time high school English teacher. I love that job every day. You know, I, I think I relate to the guys in the group because I'm punching in, punching out too, right? So I'm going to work. I love teaching. My passion as an English teacher has never been like classic literature. It's always been letting students choose for themselves. Uh, exercising autonomy and their own voice. So they get to choose their own books in my class. Then I'm a dad, right? I got three kids, um, five-year-old, eight-year-old, uh, 10-year-old, all boys. So I'm coming home and these guys are active. This was a busy week. This was like tryout week, like for spring sports. Oh, yeah. um, and it was just like yesterday morning, 7 a.m. swim team practice or tryout. Then we had soccer the night before. Uh, we have... Uh, soccer this weekend, more tryouts. This just happens to be a an exceptionally full week. And so I got to keep in great shape in order to keep up with my boy's life. Like I want to always be the dad that is able to run with my boys figuratively and literally as long as possible. So that means, you know, on top of my work responsibilities, my family responsibilities, I'm keeping in great shape. So I work out every day. And then this year, um, we launched an online business. It's called Men of Bedrock, we call it just Bedrock. And it's for men who want to uh, level up in their fitness and how they lead their families. And that has been the greatest blessing of the last while. It's been a very hard, hard year. This is probably the hardest year of our life. We can talk more about that if, if you'd like. But the I, Bedrock, while it has served some men and just so many testimonies and messages from the guys... It served me and my brother Vince. We 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 started it together, and so being able to, as I said, move into my forties and feel like I have something to offer, and then see like, yeah, I can give that to my students. Yes, I can give that to my families. Yes, I can give that to the men. You know, every morning I wake up grateful. I wake up grateful. There's stuff every night. You know, last night I was up in the night. One of my sons had an accident, so I'm I'm, I'm cleaning pee out of sheets in the middle of the night, and I woke up this morning grateful. Grateful that I get to do this with you. Grateful I'll get to engage with the men. Grateful I'll get to engage with my students. And I just, uh, I, I, I have a lot of gratitude these days. Yeah, man, that's that's fantastic. There's there's a lot of different things I want to pull out of there. One of the things that I think is super interesting is the perspective that you've taken in starting, uh, starting the Bedrock program. And with your own self-evaluation, you mentioned the self-talk. And you, you, you thought about, well, you know, who am I? Who am I to do this? And the the <laughs> first place you started was like the one that I don't want to say the one, but the one the one that stands out to you, the shortcoming that stands out to you, right? You said, "Well, I'm in great shape, but I'm not ripped." Almost as a discount to discredit all the other things that you were then able to mention, like 
oh my gosh, I've got all these experiences that if I can just bottle up some of this and share it along, it's going to serve people well. And I think that's a really interesting perspective. And as you're speaking, I'm like punching myself. I'm like, I do this so bad, except I don't get to the second part. I get hung up so easily on the, I don't, I focus on what I'm falling short on as a, you know, relative to everyone else. So kudos to you for, for, I think completing the circle and having the courage to step into that and then lead other men through it. Well, you know what? It's interesting because Vince and I have built the business together. And if, if, you know, anyone's followed my brother, he's been around in the fitness space for 20 years. And initially when we were marketing the program, it felt like we have to have six packs on our Instagram page. We have to have guys with six packs. That's all that's going to sell. And as we've, you know, done this for the last year, we're realizing that for most guys, and we've worked this out, every guest I have on the podcast, I ask, do dads have to be ripped? And the majority of, we get different answers, but what I've concluded is men have to be able to get ripped. That's what I would say. Men have to be able to go through the process. And so the the, the third phase of our program is do something really hard not necessarily for the before and after photo, but to prove you can do it. Like it's not necessarily about the six pack. It's about looking at the before and after and say, I know what it took. And I have proven to myself that I can do something hard. And if I can do that, then I can do almost anything because the ripped stuff, Brendan always comes down to nutrition. It's always about food and anyone can go to the gym. The gym is enjoyable. The gym is fun working out with people the nutrition's the hard part. And guys who do get a good before and after, it demonstrates not that they can like get a good tan and know how to pose. It demonstrates incredible self-control and discipline. And those are the things you know you need as a father. Like that's what you need all day. How does, you know, Kyle, Kyle Carnahan, our, our friend says, if I can control what goes into my mouth, I can control what comes out of my mouth. And I oh, love good. that line. You know what I mean? It's like I love Kyle too. Yeah, totally right. And 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 sometimes Kyle, like Kyle's the one that's like, yeah, dads have to be ripped. And and I've been thinking about this a lot. And and you got to figure out where you stand on that. What I think is, if you get ripped, it's evidence of something greater than your form in the gym or a great workout program or whatever. It's evidence of discipline. And then you mm-hmm. give that discipline, you give that sacrifice to your family. That that's yeah. where I land on this whole thing. Yeah, I I like that perspective a lot too. And yeah, I think about this. I'm like, I, at this point in my life, so I'm 31 and I'm excited about like that idea of, you know, I do want to see what my body's capable of. Like realistically, I want to know what, what I, what I could look like, you know, if I was disciplined to the T to the point. And I also try to navigate that line of like, you know, okay, I'm counting my calories doing that for the first time ever in my life, by the way, I'm like kicking myself. I didn't come up with that earlier. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is yeah. like the cheat code. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. been saying it. I just didn't want yeah. to believe it. But you know, say I'm tracking my macros. I come home and my wife has made like chili or, or like a taco skillet or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, am I realistically every day going to not eat what is prepared as a family so that I can make sure that I'm perfect, or am I comfortable getting very close and saying, okay, I'm cool sitting at like 11, 12% body fat. And if I, I guess I, I, I toy with that margin of like, how far am I going to push and what am I going to give up to get there? You know this what I mean? Is, this is something we talk about in our group all the time. And 
I think what happens in those moments is it's this like indecision about like, well, I know my goal is important to me mm-hmm. and my marriage is important to me. And those are two, those are two goals, excellent goals. What we talk about in the group is making intentional choices. Make your choice on purpose. So if you come home and you haven't had a conversation with your wife in the morning about, hey, babe, what's for dinner tonight? Well, then you're going to get into a situation where it's like, ah, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Yet my goal, not yet, and my goal is important to me. And then you end up feeling a little bit like, shoot, like I kind of did two things pretty well. What we talk about a lot in the group is, Make it on purpose. Like in the morning, say, like, I'll give you a great example. This morning, before we started rolling, I, um, I'm i eating at 1,460 calories a day. I'm on a cut. I'm, I've signed up for a photo Whoa. shoot. Yeah, it's it's low, but, and I can talk about why I've, I've signed up for this thing. Um, but tonight, we're going out to dinner to a, a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on the menu this morning looking at, okay, what can I order tonight so that when we're in the restaurant, I'm not like, ah, I can't eat that. Uh, and then and then you you disrupt the whole social environment, the experience with my wife, and we're going on you know, a double date. And so I know exactly what I'm going to eat tonight. I've already planned it out. And then that means I know what I can eat throughout the day today. And you don't have to live like this all the time. Again, Macro County, we, we only recommend it on occasion to really sort of like figure out, am I overeating? Am, and right now I'm in a specific goal. So yeah, I'm Macro County and everything. But what it does is it gives me um control versus you get to those moments and you're like uh i don't know should i couldn't i and then the next day you feel like dang it i could have done that better and i think a lot of fathers go through life going with the flow like yeah we'll just see how and what we sort of talk about in our group is make the choice whatever choice you make eat the taco wrap right eat that thing but just make sure you've made a choice and if you can make the choice in advance or make the choice on purpose, and then it eliminates that stuff. Then my wife's not like awkward. And I say, Hey, what's for dinner? Like I've, I've texted friends in advance and say, Hey, can you guys let me know what's for dinner tonight? And and I don't know if that's awkward for me. My goals are important to me because I know how they, I know how they serve me. And then once I'm living with such intentionality, it serves my family. And so I yeah. think thinking ahead is something a lot of guys don't do because of social awkwardness. They don't want to like be that guy, but then you compromise on what's important to you. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And and I'm, that's something I'll steal. I think that being as proactive as possible when you, I think the most, the most obvious, obvious example of that is like meal prepping, right? It's like cooking, cooking ahead of time. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm thinking about that now. Cause I think to your point, we get into that position, you come home and it's like, Maybe that's your wife's love language is she made, she made a meal and it's you're serving and there's, there's a community aspect of that. And if in that moment you say, Oh no, thanks. I'm going to grab something else. That's, that's kind of, yeah, that, 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 that's not, that's not the moment to make the decision. If you're making, right. the, if you get to that moment, then I would say as a good man, eat the, eat the food. You have no choice, right? You, <laughs> right. you messed up. It wasn't your wife's choice to cook or, or to, to cook what she cooked. It's your fault. And in that moment, you can't say it, it's the exact same thing, Brendan, as if you hit the snooze when mm-hmm. you were supposed to hit the gym in the morning. Yeah. And then at 5 p.m., you're like, hey, babe, I got to go to the gym. No, that you're missing your workout that day, bro. Or you're going at 9 p.m. when the kids are in bed. You have to be so on top of things. This is what we talk about in our group. 
We think that the most important hour of the day is the last hour of the day. That's when, like the clothes I'm wearing right now were laid out on the kitchen table last night, right? So I come down, I'm not like turning my phone on in the room to with the light to, and wake up, a, wake up my wife. Uh, the decisions have been made. Like I know exactly what today is going to look like. It was made last night. My my shakes in the fridge. My lunch is made. And I think so many guys just coast. This mindset, then you apply it to everything. You apply it to, are we going to put our kids in sports? I think a lot of dads are like, well, what, what what's everyone else doing? Like, what are they doing? Okay, let's let's let, that sounds good. Let's do that. Versus like having a vision and and having a plan and then working your plan. You know, this is why our program is called Bedrock, and bedrock is the rock that has become consolidated it's rocks that like fuse together over time versus like rocks that like if you step on them you're kind of like wishy-washy your foot will slip a little bit bedrock is like the oldest rock in the world and over time by making these like consistent solid choices you fuse so that your family has like a strong foundation to live on and this goes to the micro level of what you eat it goes to the macro level of, of the vision you have for your family. So I want to echo that and say, I 100% agree that the last hour before you go to bed is the most important hour of your day. Like hands down, you can't convince me otherwise. So hundred uh, percent agree there. And you bring up an interesting point about the idea of, of drifting. Yeah. You know? And I think it, it leads us to like, there. we seem to have a, when you, when you just look at, you see a lot of like, there's just a lack of leadership. Like at, at the, in the family unit, like for men, I, I, you like to your point, what's everybody else doing? Hey, what do you guys, you know, what's, you know, what's going on? We're just going to kind of follow along. But I think as leaders of our families, to your point, we have to have that vision. We have to be willing to be the one to go first. Like here on the show, we say all the time, we love and lead from the front. That's like our, that's our mission. But that means you got to go first. Yeah. That means yeah. you got to say, Hey, we're doing this. This is why. This is our vision as a family. You know, who's coming with us? Yeah. Can I can I even add to that? One one of the things that has been most foundational in our family is having a family mission statement. And, oh, you know, okay. I took this, I took this idea from Stephen Covey, the you know, seven habits. So he's got a wonderful yep. book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families. And how he applies his be proactive um principle to families is have a family mission statement. And you build it together. We did this last year over the course of several months. It's actually the culmination of our second. Our, in our program, the first peak culminates with a physical transformation the first four months. The next four months culminates in an emotional or relational, um, uh, 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 the family mission statement. That's what you create at the end of these four months. And I'll tell you, it's the hardest part. It's way harder than getting ripped. Because you have to bring your your spouse or your partner or your wife plus your kids into the conversation. And a lot of guys, this is what we're seeing, will say it feels awkward. It, it feels forced to sit down and write out your principles. You know what's more awkward? When, when your kids um, don't want to eat dinner with you, when your kids are like drifting and their friends at age 11 have more sway on your own children or their friends have more sway on on them than you do having a family mission statement that you co-construct means that you're not drifting. We know exactly what our family is about. You can ask my sons. They, they like wrote, memorize it. We are kind. We are athletic. We are faithful. 
We are adventurous. We are curious. Like this is our family mission statement and it's written down. It hangs in our, in our kitchen. We made it together. And so what that does, it eliminates again, so much of the like, well, what do you guys think? Like, do you think we should do this? I don't know. Should we, should we join soccer this year? Should we do this this year? What about that? Our family mission statement makes those decisions for us. So when our boys say, daddy, can we get video games? We say, well, boys, let's talk about that. Is that something in our family mission statement? And we say, no, we are an athletic family. That's a huge value in our family. So when the boys say, can we get video games? We say, boys, we're an athletic family. So we can choose right now between video games, which is not sort of part of our family vision, or you boys can choose to do rep soccer this year. How does, which one fits more into our, our um, the vision we have, our family mission statement? And they're like, oh yeah, we are an athletic family. Let's do soccer. And so I think it's, I think we, we hear a lot online, Brendan, about leadership. Men must lead, men must lead. I think having these principles codified means I don't really have to lead in these like dramatic ways. The family has already chosen where we want to go together. It is an excellent principle. I can send you our chapter on it if you want to link it in the show notes. It is a Absolutely. wonderful, wonderful experience, though it does feel forced. The guys balk at it a bit. They're like, oh, she doesn't want to do it. I don't know. We don't want it. And so sometimes they step away from it where I think this is the opportunity to step into something that is going to just serve your family for so long. Yeah, it's like it gives you a filter to see life through. That, like that's your lens, right? Like everything—the good, the bad, the video games, the soccer, whatever it is—it's all going to come through the filter. And to your point, the decisions made. And that's just—I mean, that's just another example of I think what you do a great job of, and what the program does. What I what I think is so cool about it is encouraging guys to be intentional. And to your yeah. point, like, yeah, men must lead. I think we hear that. And I think a lot of people say it this way, which is why, you know, I mentioned there's a lot of guys on the internet just telling people what to do. But it's like there's this assumption that it's this grand gesture. There's this big thing that you got to go do. It's outside the home. You got to go out and conquer. You got a lot of it is just turning around and loving and leading the people that are within the four walls of your own home. And maybe that looks like having a conversation that feels a little bit forced, but yeah, it's going to serve you for years to come. Totally. It, it, and it's a little like, okay, so you have this big vision. We are a faithful family. Let, let's say that's something that that one's on our family mission. Statement. Okay. What does that mean? Dude, I'm really cheap. I'm going to tell you, I'm not, I'm not good with money. My <laughs> wife has to help me be generous. That's how I would say it. Every, yeah, right. No, but every single time my wife even gets a whiff that someone on the street has had a loss or, someone's sick she's in the kitchen making we're italian so it's always pasta sauce yeah. <laughs> right she may and and you know over time the cost accumulates but because we are a loving family that is a high or sorry a faithful family we believe that the best expression of our faith is you know how how, how the good book says it is to look after the orphans look after the widows look after those in need so boom I don't, I'm not going to like say, well, love, it's a little expensive. It's our family mission. Or it's our family value to be faithful people. So we're making the sauce and we're actually sending the boys down the street with it to carry it to these people. <laughs> these decisions are made in advance. Then they don't cause conflict. I'm not saying like, what did you spend money on? Money causes such stress. But mm -hmm. when it's framed around a greater value of we want to demonstrate our faith in action, well, then it, it, it's exactly what a faithful family would do. <laughs> That's just uh, the decision is already calculated. And there's a it, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's so good. And there's a point in there that I want to highlight because I think this is like the the differentiator, the X factor that makes this work. And that is the the idea of coming up with these the mission statement with the values together. And it's not, hey, I'm dad, I'm the leader. Here's what we're doing. Because in that moment, I'm thinking about telling my kids we're going to play soccer instead of buying video games. If they didn't help you come up with that value, they're going to say, get out of my way, dad. I want yeah. the video games. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's what a lot of men expect, right? Like mm-hmm. we're doing this. And, and then they, you know, and they hear enough online that says, talks about masculinity. And and a lot of these guys who talk about masculinity, what, what people don't understand is they are triggering people online intentionally to get them to engage in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Once you get to know these guys who are like triggering you, you to think about like your own your manhood and your leadership once you like you know enter into their community into their programs they really teach you the stuff that you and i have been talking about today but i think a lot of people see the stuff on social media and they're like i must lead man up i have to that's not the plan that's the trigger (laughs) to get you start and i think people forget that a, 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 a lot um if i could just make one other point the way that we made our family mission statement brendan is over the course of several months, and this is what we outline in our in our journal, is we had these conversations around the dinner table. And I'm a teacher, so we we had like a whiteboard up. We had the kids say, what are we all about? What are words that describe our family? We wrote them all. If they came up more than once, we put a check beside them. The six that we had that stood out for everybody, we said, how do these sound? Okay, we are a faithful family. Then we talked about it. What does that one mean? We are a faithful family, which means we pray every night, we read our Bibles, and we serve the so so that's and we serve the neighbors. That's on our kind of mission statement. But the way we made this fun is when we kind of formalized it at the end. We took the kids away for a, a staycation. We went to this hotel that had these water slides, and and that night after the water slides, we ordered pizza, and then we we made this thing together. Um, other people I know have done it. Like you take them on a camping trip and at the end of the trip around the campfire, you have the conversation with marshmallows and s'mores. But all of that speaks to, again, what we've been talking about is doing things intentionally, doing them on purpose. And the kids loved it. Like my boys didn't come away. If you, if their teacher asked them, how was your weekend? They wouldn't have said, oh, we made a family mission statement. They would have said, we went to a water slide with our mom and dad. It was amazing. (laughs) Right. And I think you can do it that way. And, and then it's not this like, weird dad moment of like i'm leading this family it's uh it's something more enjoyable and enriching for the whole family yeah and you know if they're looking back on that experience as a whole with with a positive reflection like hey we went to the water slide then there's inherently going to be a positive reflection or memory of totally whatever the mission statement came it's it's so funny when my when i was 13 as like a rite of passage my father's a minister Right. So he took me to a place called the wheels in and it's this like indoor hotel. I think it's closed down liability and stuff, but it had like, <laughs> you know, water slides. It had an arcade. It had mini golf. And my dad took us there or I went just me and him. And he showed me thinking back on it years later. I didn't even remember this because I just remember the water slides and the everything else. He he, he like. He he showed me the bridge. You know the bridge illustration? It's like the God is on this side, you're on this side, and, and Jesus gets you across. Like 
he saved me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he That's did the incredible. whole, he did, but I didn't even remember that part of it though. I made a conscious choice because he made it so fun, right? It yeah. was such a fun weekend yeah. and I also got saved, but I think yeah. it speaks <laughs> to my dad's own intentionality. So it's just, it's something I've tried to emulate as well. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I think that's so important, you know, as dads. And I think about that all the time. I, I, you know, when I don't know if it's a default or sometimes just a little lazy, it's more of an authoritative approach to this is what we're going to do. But just recognizing that kids are kids, kids want to have fun. And if you can get them to have fun, the odds of them going along with actually learning and receiving the benefit that you want to give to them is so much higher. Yeah. So much higher. But it applies to everything, right? Like when you watch your sons, your sons are into T-ball, right? Is it? Oh, yeah. or they're yeah, into, yeah. T-ball. Don't call it T-ball though because these kids got to be baseball. Sorry, it's baseball. It's baseball. <laughs> Bren's kids are into baseball. Yeah. And I think so many fathers, when you're watching the baseball game, who are you watching? You're watching your kid. That's who 100%. you're watching. And yep. you're watching everything – he or she does. You're just watching. And then typically in the car ride home, it's like criticism time or yeah. you, and you mean it as helpful time, right? You mean it as like, I want you to improve. Cause I see the good in you. Your kids hear it as like, dad is always criticizing my performance. And I, and I have to be so careful when I'm watching my own son's play that after the game, I have to say to myself, say three good things. Say three good things, and then maybe you say one thing that you think they could improve. Because otherwise, it all the only voice they hear from me is corrective. And I think that's what a lot of kids hear from their fathers is corrective, corrective. And I think the unfortunate thing is dads are coming at it from a good place. They want to bring the best out in their kids. Yeah. But if you're only with your kid a couple hours a day, and a lot of that is like rushed time of like, get ready for school, like get your uh, baseball clothes on, get into bed, brush your teeth. And then the rest of the time is corrective in nature. Like, you know, you could have caught that one. You, maybe you need to hustle a little more. You mean it out of a good place, but all they hear is correctiveness. And then you're like, I'm going to lead this family. The kids are sitting there thinking like, you don't even like me. Like, yeah. we never have any fun together. We need to have fun together. Then I'll listen to you. Then you can lead me. And I just think having fun as a father with your kids is something that is lost too often. Yeah, man. And it's, you know, so many kids quit sports so early. One of the things that's really helped me in this is this idea of like a neutral emotion as opposed to like a big up, a big down. I had a guy named Colin Henderson on my show about a year ago, and he explained this to me. And it helped me tremendously. So like when my kids get we, that moment after when you get in the car after the game, this is to me like you to your point, this is one of the most critical, pivotal experiences that you're going to have with with your son or your daughter. And I think how you're going to be able to relate to them, if they're going to listen to you, if they're going to keep playing sports, you even have the opportunity to keep working with them through that medium. Uh, but the idea of a neutral emotion. So when my kids get in the car, what I try to do is not be like, oh, you did great. It's like, we're going to clap and cheer and have a great time. Or, you know, oh, you struck out three times. You know, let's let's just go home. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's just yeah. like, it's when they get in the car, it's, I try to ask them questions. How did they feel about certain things? How did, how did they feel like it went? And then I try to, when I do praise, I try to praise the inputs over the output. So like, good example, last night, my son hit a home run. He's six. So like, you know, you hit a pit to the outfield and you're like somewhat fast, like you could score. 
You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. get around. So he hits a home run and we get in the car and I'm like, Hey buddy, this is really cool. That's awesome. I want to tell you how proud I am of you for being a great teammate, for hustling, for listening to coach and, you know, just being a great dude out there and having fun. You know what I mean? So like, I definitely acknowledge and recognize that they have achievement, but I am yeah. trying to praise the output and stay a little bit more level. You yeah. But I mean? you, you know what, what, what we're, what we're speaking about here again is this idea of like living on purpose. Mm -hmm. You are going into that conversation and, and you're not just opening your mouth and kind of seeing what comes out, right? You're <laughs> thinking about, and I think that's what happens for a lot of it's. I think, I, you know, someone asked me the other day, what's the hardest part about being a dad? And I said, it's emotional regulation. It's, it's being neutral. You, that's a great word, right? It's being neutral when the whole family is up and down and up and down. The economy is up and down and up and down and work is up and down and up and down and the weather is up and down. You know what I mean? Like all these things are up and you as a father, you have to remain neutral. And I think the way you do that is by being proactive, writing in your journal the night, the, the, the night before waking up early to, we call it stack wins and get to the gym you have to find ways to stay neutral, to stay regulated at all times. Otherwise, like you say things and then you regret them. You have to apologize. Your kids get the, the feeling that dad is up and down and up and down. And I think men, if you really want to lead the family, you have to be, I'm going to give a shameless self, self plug. You have to be bedrock, right? You have there to you be go. way, you have to be way stronger than that. You have to be the one that can withstand everybody else's emotional things and 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 like look your son coming into the 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 car last night let's say he had struck out that he's feeling a lot of feelings in that moment mm -hmm. and you can't like put your feelings on top of all that you've got to be the one that levels him out again and i think yeah. that requires doing some of these really proactive things that we've been talking about yeah and it's so much easier said than done you know what I mean? Oh my god, dude! Like totally, it is. You sh there, there are times when I'm like last night. Even I'm at the game, I'm coaching, and I catch myself yelling from the third baseline across the field to my son about something, and I'm like, "Stop, stop, <laughs> stop! He's six. Let him play." Yeah. Like it's it's so hard, but it, it's it's to your point. Like trying just have that internal dialogue of being intentional and not trying to not let yourself get into a spot where you're vulnerable and reacting. And it's really a matter of being grounded, but that, yeah. I mean, like the principles that you guys teach is to your point. I think that's why they're so important setting out, you know, being ready at, in the evening, the last hour of the day to then set the tone in the morning so that you actually will get up and you're, you're ready and you're prepared. And, and like the, the periods of time where I've had periods where I've been very disciplined and, and regulated on a morning routine. And then I've had periods when I haven't been, and recently it's been a lot more difficult with, with the babies yeah. and everything, yeah. but now yeah, there's it's seasons. Like, yeah. Like when I'm up now and I know I touch my Bible, I've got my, my hand, a pen in my hand and I write in my journal and I already know what I'm going to be doing for that day. Even if it's five minutes, if I can only get five, the rest of my days, infinitely better. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's having this, you know, we, a lot of people say we had a guest on earlier this week. And he said, a lot of people say it's exhausting to live with habit, to like every night map it out, every night to say no to television. I, I, You know what a big one is? 
I got an arrow box. It arrived just yesterday. It's this like box you can put your phone in and it's Ooh. it's very cool because phone is the big one for me of of that yep. that that can steer me in, in the wrong direction and away from my family. And so, you know, then it's waking up early at the same early morning time. It's going to the gym at the same time. It's it's reading at the same time. A lot of people say, oh, that sounds exhausting. And what our guest said earlier in the week is, you know, what's actually exhausting not doing that because <laughs> then you're a slave to your emotions. You're a sl and you live with this constant feeling of like life is so busy. Oh, you know, and if you, my, my, my pet peeve is when you ask someone how it's going and it's usually a dad, you're like, Hey man, how's it going? And they're like, you know, and I'm like, no, I don't know. Cause I don't live like that. I don't live with the like, well, we'll see. It's like, that's not how I live. I live with, I know, I know what's going to now look, there's things that happen in the day. I could get stuck in a traffic jam. What are you going to do? Right. But the things that I can control, I really do try to control so that when the shit hits the fan, pardon my French, I, I've done the things that put me in the best position to, to stay neutral. I, I like that. I like that expression. Stay neutral at all times. Yeah. That's what my family needs. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. You know, something else that's helped me in, with that, too. I'm, I'm sure you know Wes Watson, but he says in the morning it's what his his workout. He's crazy. You know, he's like Kyle. He's up at two thirty. And, you know, there those guys are just nuts. But that what he says in that is, you know, and he's ripped and everything. And he says the fitness and the morning routine and everything that he does is not about what he gets. It's about what he gets rid of so that when mm. his family gets up, he is he doesn't have the, the all the negativity he doesn't have any stress or worry or anxiety i mean of course he does to some degree but he's given himself the best shot yeah to be ready to welcome his family in the morning well if you don't wake up with habits like reading or habits like emptying the dishwasher or habits like going to the gym here's the habit that you will get you'll get into the habit of hitting snooze you'll get into the habit of grudgingly rolling out of bed you'll get in into the habit of um of going of, of rushing everybody out of the house and then the whole tone of the the house is angry again and again and again so if you don't have good habits you're gonna do things habitually they're just gonna be things that don't serve your family yeah i catch myself asking too what what would i tell my sons to do like what would i want yeah. them to do yeah and then i'm like okay well if i want to teach them how to do that I can't tell them. I just got to do it. They got to see me do it. When they come downstairs, they got to see my Bible open and my journal sitting there and I got to be dripping in sweat. You know, yeah. that's if they see that every day, that's powerful. Yeah, it is right. You know, the best things are uh, the best things are caught by our kids, not taught. And so if if my kids, my kids never see me in bed in the morning, they never see me sleep. I don't know if that's like the model I'm trying, <laughs> but because, you know, I go to bed after them and then I'm up and I've done a lot before they're even out of the bed. I love Brendan when my kids will say things to their friends like, Oh yeah, my dad's stronger than your dad. Like, and, and I'm not like a super <laughs> jacked guy, but, but the model I'm setting is that I'm a fit man. I'm a faithful man. I'm, I'm a family man. They see those things in action every day. And I have to believe that if I sow enough of those good seeds, it'll pay off. Now, that's the faith part, right? I have to trust that the things I'm doing now will yield. Gosh, we're being biblical this morning. Will that, I love it. They, they will yield a, a, a bountiful harvest <laughs> yes. uh, in the future. I don't know. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to, to get us in that direction. Yeah. And I think for anybody listening to like you and I are on the same page, I think with our priorities, faith and fitness and family, and it's very like we 
we're very much aligned for anybody listening. Like the, we're not telling you what to do. We're not telling you what's good, bad, and different. We're telling you what the framework is that you can apply. Like you have inherent in this. If you're going to lead your family, you guys as like, you have to lead yourself as a family, you have to determine what's the most important. And then you can use this framework to then go live out whatever is the most important to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think some guys disqualify our message because we talk about faith and and I, and I hear that. Right. I think Christians have to earn the right to be heard again. We've done a lot of damage in history. I, I, I do believe that. So I understand. But you could have a family mission statement without a word of, you know, faith or Christianity or or whatever your religion is in that. But if you disqualify a message about or our message, say, about living with intentionality because we're we happen to be followers of Jesus, then that's on you. That's not on us. What's on you is not having a vision for your family. What are the values that are important to your family? We've laid out what ours are here. What are your family values? And pursue those. So as as I don't care what people's values are, as long as they have values that guide their actions. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love that you guys talk about your faith and, and are don't shy away from it. Yeah. Because sometimes well, bedrock, bedrock, sometimes... bedrock's a biblical mention, right? I mean, it's it it comes from the the scripture of and it's only in one of the translations when Jesus is talking about uh, the wise and foolish builder. And he says, you know, the wise builder built his house on a foundation. Of, and in one of the translation, it says a foundation, a bedrock. Right. And 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 the concept there is Jesus is saying, whoever hears my words and puts them into action, that's the man who lives on this foundation of bedrock. Yeah. And that's, you know. So it's hard for us not to talk about faith when our whole program, you know, came from <laughs> uh, uh, that that uh, Vince and I's understanding of how that verse uh, or what that verse meant. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I, yeah. kudos to you guys. It, it is easier said than done to. Oh yeah. You know, to to speak about it and to be proud about it and to and to own it and proud. Uh, you know, interesting word when you think about biblical context, but nonetheless, you know, to be excited about it and to to not shy away from it. You know, it's. It's something that reaction, you get a different reaction from everybody. And now more so than ever, I think it's the thing that we need most. Yeah. So kudos to you. Well, you know what? Again, the way we wrote it in our mission statement was we are a faithful family. Nothing in there is about like evangelism, right? It's, it's, we like St. Augustine. I think it's St. Augustine who said, preach the gospel every day if necessary, use words. And, and and I think that's how we try to live. We try to live with an orientation of service. And what in our, in our journal, we write about certainly a model of servant leadership was Jesus. But the idea of servant leadership came from an essay in the 1970s. And what the author said is, servant leadership is when your orientation or your framework is to serve first. And so whether you want to take the biblical story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, or you just want to take this concept of the orientation of serving others first, serving others first is the way you must live your life. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> what other what other good could you be called to in this world? Personal happiness, I guess. Like I suppose you can pursue personal happiness, but serving others, giving yourself sacrificially to others, you know, that's the stuff they're gonna write on my tombstone. That's, 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 what's going to be written down. Yeah. And that means something. And it's, you know, to your point, I think a lot of people do say like, oh yeah, the point is to be happy. The point is to be happy. And I'm like, 
but things happen in life. Like you're just, you can't be happy all the time. Like there's going to be loss. Like you're going to, like, you're going to go through things where like, what are you going to do in those moments? If you don't have a, a real foundation and you're like, Oh, I'm good when I'm happy. Like hard things happen in life every yeah. single day. We got to yeah. be rooted in something deeper. Yeah. And, and I, and I would say, I'm not, I'm not happy emptying the dishwasher. I'm not happy. Like it's cold here today. I was out taking the garbages out. I'm, I'm not happy all the time, but I am so satisfied. I'm so fulfilled, Brendan, like living a life. Like I, this is, this might sound silly, but as I put the dishes away, this has been, you know, I've been doing this for years. Every time I put one, it, it's like Amy can sleep longer. Amy can rest. Amy does so much during the day. This is when I serve early in the mm -hmm. morning. And I feel that. I feel like this isn't just doing chores. This is serving my family. Every, I put the, you know, and even I've tried to become better at like not clinking the cutlery early in the morning. So I'm like <laughs> late. I'm like, yeah, nailed that one. But this allowed my family to sleep. This allowed my family to rejuvenate and rest. I see the greater good in what I'm doing. Like, on the little things, right? I love Wes Watson. I love his message where I've had to take Wes Watson's message and, you know, messages like from guys like Bedros is, okay, what does that mean to me on a day to day to day to day? Yes. And it's these little things. It's the little things that we do, the dishes, driving your kids places, staying fit for your family. That That's where you live out those, those big ideas. Yeah. And, and that all that you used the word orientation before. And I think that's the most powerful word in that, like that you're not just going to like convince yourself of that. Like you have to have an orientation shift and you're in your heart to know you're turning towards serving your family. And then everything you see, you start seeing everything in that way, as totally. opposed to like looking at things in a silo. It's funny when you, you know, if happiness seems to be more of a byproduct of doing meaningful things of taking on responsibility of serving others but when you pursue it direct it's almost like the, the spot in your eye you know if you yeah. try to look right at it you're not gonna you're yeah, just gonna keep chasing yeah, it in yeah, circles yeah. <laughs> but if you just look ahead and you do what's right in front of you you'll it's there you can see it and you feel it that's the best analogy i can come up with i think yeah. for happiness but that's a, it's a powerful point man no i i every day i i wake up and i said this was the hardest year my wife and i have called this year the year of death, not, not as a joke. We've just, we've been in more funerals. Like I, I had six Fridays in a row where oh. a, a, either a colleague or a relative where I either was going to a visitation or a funeral. Every, it was, it was like, it, it was clockwork. We had a, my, my 39 year old cousin died of leukemia this year. Goodness. And then on top of all that, my wife went back to work and, uh, or, well, she's doing her master's this year. And so, you, you compound full-time masters plus her like student placement. I've got two jobs. We've got three kids and we had every single reason this year to break and, and give in to you know, those lesser habits of, of food and maybe other like, you know, porn and, and, and anger and, and swearing and all these other things. And yet, because we live with such habit, and then the piece we haven't talked about, and maybe for another episode, is such a community that supports us. Mm -hmm. We've been able to weather these storms, and 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 I, I just feel again. I don't know if I feel happy, but I just feel, as we said at the start, I feel grateful that despite the adversity, 
I didn't even talk about money, like the recession, right? Like talk about <laughs> throw that and people are suffering right now. We haven't really had a collective healing from COVID. We've just kind of said like, let's move on. And we haven't really brought that piece to an end. And I'm looking at my students, their skills are weak. Like they lost out on emotional and intellectual development, all these pieces. And yet still, I'm so grateful. I'm so satisfied that this is my life. Um, and I do wake up every morning, just, just a sense of like, this is a good life. Maybe not a happy life, but this is a very, very good life. I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to the people in my life that, that allow it to continue to move forward. I got a little touchy feely there, bro, but that is how I feel. <laughs> no, man, that's, that's, that's so good. And, and I really appreciate you sharing it. And, you know, you know, thinking about that illustration of when everything else is going wrong, you know, and you're, you're, you're standing strong and, you know, people, when they, they, they might be sitting there thinking like, well, who cares if I'm fat? Who cares if I watch porn? Who cares if I, you know, crave on or, or cave on all the little cravings that I have and just follow happiness and follow my emotions and drift or whatever. This is why it's because this, like the year of death that happens to everybody. Yeah. And it doesn't just happen once. And then it's rainbows and roses from here on out. It's inherent. It's the battlefield that we live on. Yeah. And though doing those little things, it's what like what this is exactly what you guys teach. And this is why I think, you know, it's it's so powerful what you guys do is you guys are you're, you're helping men equip themselves to go live in that crazy battlefield of yeah. life. that yeah, we're all yeah. living on. And I think a lot of a lot of what we hear is, you know, it's not the right time. You know, you know, life is really busy. I got a lot of things going on. It is that <laughs> that's how you know it's the time that's I, I and I and I and I don't try to hard sell. I'm not. Actually, I'm a pretty good salesman because I maybe I don't try to hard sell that said when I hear that that again and again and again what I say back is dude whatever you're getting hit with today will pass and it will be replaced by something else right that's parenting <laughs> that's marriage that's life like sure what you're going through right now is hard it will pass it will be gone something else is going to take its place what are you going to do constantly respond to the external or are you going to have this is what we've been saying today, a vision. Are you going to install some really high impact habits? Are you going to surround yourself with a community of people who can support you so that when every storm comes, at least you've got, you know, you've got an oar and a compass. At least you've got those two pieces and you can keep going in the direction that is going to be good for your family. Yeah, man, I just... I can't thank you enough for making time to come on here today. I just have so much respect for what you guys are doing. And, and I mentioned this before, but what I love about it is that you guys have boiled down, you know, there's a lot of different peripheral things, a lot of pieces of advice, a lot of different avenues that people can, can, can go down, can follow. But what you guys have done, I think a great job of is boiling it down to what is the most important. And Hey, here's, this is, this is the framework. There's no book on how to be a great parent or how to be a great husband or whatever, but this is a pretty damn good framework to follow. Yeah, like this yeah, is it. And you guys yeah. have done an awesome job of that. I really yeah. appreciate what you guys are up to. Yeah. Thanks, Brendan. Thank you for having me on. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's six 30. Our kids are not, I don't hear anyone uh, stirring quite yet. I got to get to the gym here. And then, you know, we go into dad life. That's, that's what it is. It's a good life. It's a great life. <laughs> it's the best. It's exhausting yeah. as hell, but yeah. man, it's the best. Yeah, it is exhausting. And I have tried to stop using the word, busy. I hate the word busy. Mm. Busy is such a cop out. Um, Hey man, how are things going? It's busy. What? 
like yeah, stop saying busy. that to me. Stop saying it sounds like you're a victim in your own life. So what I've tried to reframe it around, and I think it's not just semantics. I think it's an important reframe. Hey man, how's it going? Life is full. Life is full. Like that. I was up early getting to podcast with dad, the man, uh, you know, then I'm going to go to the gym. Uh, then I'm going to teach, have a wonderful day of teaching. I'm going to pick my kids up. We're going to play soccer after school. I'm going out on a hot date with my wife tonight. And then who knows what will happen after that, right? <laughs> so it's like that. If you want to call that busy, fine. I call that full. It's a full day. It's a full life. And and it's a good life. That's so good. That is so good. If nobody else, if you hear nothing else, hear that. Come that's on. It. That's that's good, my friend. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah. this this has been awesome. Thank you again for making time. 5.30 in the morning. 5.30 to 6.30. That's our hour. That's when we yeah. recorded on your show, too. That's it. Uh, but, man, so much respect for what you guys are doing. Thank you for supporting me along the way. And uh, thanks for leading from the front, my friend. I I, I, I want to go ahead and rope you in in front of everybody to, to do this again. I'd love to have you back on. I felt like we could have talked to talked all, all day. So um, let's do this again at some point. Where's the best place for people to find you, follow you? How do we get in touch with Men of Bedrock? How do we get into the fold with you guys? Yeah, Instagram is Men of Bedrock, just Men of Bedrock on Instagram. What I would really encourage, and this has become a, a sweet spot a bit for me, is if you go to menofbedrock.com, menofbedrock.com, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. I hate spam. I, I We send it out Saturday mornings, comes out Saturday mornings at 7 a.m., something to drink with your coffee. And what we do there is we provide some teaching, some motivation, and we drop our podcast, whatever the podcast was that week. And then we highlight our most bedrock member. That's my favorite part. Like the guy that week who was most bedrock. Actually, on our pod this week, I had one of the bedrock guys co-host with me, and it was sweet. So um, I know a lot of people have so much like, you know, stuff coming into their inbox. I'm really careful in what we put in there. I keep it at 700 words. This is my English teacher mind, <laughs> but I think it's a it's a great opportunity to to just uh, learn. We're not open for enrollment currently, um, but that is a great place to keep in touch with what they're doing. Uh, menofbedrock.com for our weekly newsletter. Thanks for asking that question. Yeah, man. Well, uh, we'll link it all up in the show notes. And before I kick you off, what are you hitting at the gym today? Today's legs. I freaking hate Ooh, legs. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> legs is, you know, any, uh, my Vince and I always joke, there's never a lineup at the hack squat machine. Yeah. A lot of the other machines, have, but there's never guys waiting for the hack squat. And I got hacks this morning. So, um, yeah, I'll be limping a little bit when we're done, but you get the good pump. And then I take that energy. I give it to my students and give it to my family. That's, that's, that's how I see this whole thing. There you go. You'd be sore on 1,400 calories after, after like that, for sure. 1,460. 1,460. That, We're okay. that 60 yeah. counts. Yeah, yeah that, it does count. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. All right, brother. If you haven't done so already, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show on whatever platform that you are listening on today. We have some amazing conversations coming down the pipeline over the next couple of weeks, and I don't want you to miss out. Guys like Rich Froning, Jay Billis, Cliff Averill, Lee Smith, and plenty more. I don't want you to miss these. So subscribe to the show, and you won't miss them. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for supporting what we're up here. Go be a better man, better husband, and better father today. And until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See you.